Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. This episode of Real Turf Techs on Golf Course Industries Superintendent Radio Network is presented by Foley Company a strong supporter of equipment technicians and golf course maintenance departments everywhere. Foley Company offers a proven solution for above and below the turf, for turf professionals everywhere. To learn more about Foley Company's line of real grinders, bed knife grinders, and the Air 2G2 family of products, or to find a distributor, visit www.foleyco.com. Foley, ready for play. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, episode 66. Today we're talking to Nick Bonasoro. Nick is the Equipment and Facilities Manager at Worcester Country Club, located in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester is an 18-hole private club. Nick has one assistant in the shop and three full-time technicians working with him in facility maintenance. Nick has mostly Toro equipment and club cars for golf carts. Let's talk to Nick. Welcome, Nick, to the Real Turf Techs podcast. Thank you so much for being on. It's a busy time of year, I think, for probably all of us. But we got a podcast to get out and produce for all these listeners. So we're going to keep doing it. Tell us how you got into the turf industry. Back in high school, I went. I took automotive at the local trade school. Four years in that, I decided I didn't want to lift car tires or truck tires anymore. So I went off to Cleveland, Ohio to the Power Sport Institute to go learn how to work on motorcycles, ATVs, small watercraft, stuff along those lines. After I graduated there, came back to town, got a job at a local auto parts store, and then slowly worked my way into a power sports shop full-time working there. I realized I just wasn't going to make the money that I wanted and that I needed to live for a long time. You really had to work there and you had to be the head tech to start making some serious money. So I did that for a little bit. And then, uh, one weekend, my grandmother came over with a clipping from a newspaper ad about help wanted at the local golf course for a assistant mechanic. So I figured why not give it a shot and see what it's all about. So I went up, I interviewed, ended up being two towns over. It was a high end private club, 36 hole private. And then they had a nine hole public attached to it. So I interviewed for the job and ended up getting it. Had no idea what I was getting into, what I would be working on, but small engine. So I figured it was good. I started there in 2010 in the springtime. I did four seasons under a head mechanic. After that, I moved on and I got my own head mechanic gig at a high-end public course in the area. Worked there for a couple of years. I think that's really, I got a lot of experience working at a public course, low budget. You really have to use your mind. You can't just buy everything you need and be good. I did that for two or three years. And then I got a call from an old intern that I worked at the international with. And he said, Hey, 
our mechanics leaving at Worcester Country Club now. Is this something you'd be interested in? Like anything, I'll go in, have a conversation, see what it's checked it out. Thought it'd be a great fit. Me and him always got along well, same age, same upbringing, everything. So I started out Worcester after that. It's all history. I've been there. This is going on my eighth season. So I start. And then about two years ago, they let our facilities manager go. And my boss came up to me and he said, is this something you'd be interested in taking over? And I said, yeah, I'm always up for a challenge, something new. Um, get an assistant in the shop and just start like a mentor mentorship, get more people in the industry, enjoying stuff, enjoying it, working and helping out. I think there's a huge lack of that. So I saw this as a way to break the ice and get into it. Yeah, no, no, so, that is awesome. So do you have, uh, just the one assistant for the shop and for facility maintenance? No. Nope one assistant who works under me in the greed shop and then up in facilities maintenance we have three full-time year-round techs who work up there very cool so. how's that transition been how is facilities maintenance is it fun different so annoying it's a challenge that's for sure i was doing a lot of the maintenance to our grease buildings anyway so that transition there with those buildings has been smooth there's a lot of politics involved. That's where I would say it's, that's the biggest change is the politics, the job itself. I've always worked with my hands. My father owned a bunch of multifamilies and we're always doing something. Whenever you get someone there fixing it, paying attention, what are you doing? How do you do this? How do you do that? I'm not afraid to get myself into a bind where I get to call someone for help. Yeah, no, that's, I've been uh, really good at that over the years, getting in a bind and having to phone call for help but that's the way we learn that's how you learn yeah exactly that's how we that's learn it. so how was going f you were talking a little bit about the public course and not having as much money how did that help prepare you for where you're at now it really made me be more creative all right i can't buy this how can i make get that machine out all right well, i'll have to make it um really stretching bed knives and all right, maybe I can get one more grind out of this, really testing the limits to that. Just stuff along those lines. We didn't have an air fryer, so we ended up, oddly enough, we found one in the woods, an old mm -hmm. one, just a tow behind hydraulic piston lift. So we yanked it out, needed a lot of work. So bought a couple bucks worth of metal and had to weld a new trailer hitch on it and find some tines, make them work. They were mm -hmm. the right ones, just real creative stuff. I think it's a great, uh, stepping stone. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, it had to build you to what you are now and where you are now. That's it. Without that, I don't think I'd, if I just want high end private to high end private, I don't think I'd have half the skills I do now. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. No, that's good stuff. Do you relief grind? I do not relief grind. We're not set up. We have Bernhards. I believe in relief grinding. I think it works. You get a new reel, you toss your new reel on and it lasts way longer than at the end of its life when you grind it. We're definitely, we're looking into getting the, I think they call it the rapid relief. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we get into that and we can get into a relief grinding schedule and give it a shot. 
I think it's worth a shot. The grinders, they're just too new. When I got there, they were only about a year mm-hmm. old. So hard to justify yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, going to your boss and saying, yeah, I need a uh, $100,000 for new grinders because these are a year old. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just doesn't, yep. No, no, just doesn't not work. easy to yep. him or membership or anybody else involved. Tell us something you've fabricated lately. Being up in the clubhouse and everything, I really have my hands in everything. Over the winter, we fabricated a gate. The course itself is split by railroad tracks. With railroad tracks comes a bunch of riffraff. So at the end of the night, gates get closed, gates get locked, and then we open them up in the morning. So we, we fabricated up a gate. We set some granite posts in the grounds, and then we hung the gate. So it was a pretty cool project, but we do anything from that to the dishwasher itself, the final rinse on the dishwasher, rusted and rotted away. COVID times, you can't get that stuff. So to fabricate something for the dishwasher and get them through. And that was about eight weeks ago and it's still in there working. Parts aren't in yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no matter what it is, just get it done and we do it all. So it's fun. That's my favorite part about taking over the clubhouse stuff. It's, uh, you just, it's stuff you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, w- I found myself in the clubhouse working on a cryovac machine. I, I never even really heard of one, but I've been there like, okay, this goes to this, this goes to this, this is not working. I'm trying to trying to figure it out. That's what we do. And like you said, it definitely keeps it interesting. I forget, it's precision air or something. I've seen Seth Sheldon posted a picture today, like the that sucks the, the water out of the ground, but I guess this one has heat and AC. So we work on it all. And if the pump system goes down, we're probably going to be the person that gets the call to go look at it first before they call in. That's one of the things I like. I love getting thrown into that stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. Pump house stuff. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I love getting in there and once again, getting into something I don't know. And if I get in too deep, there is backup, but. They might be a day away, right? Right. but it's cool. Yeah. And even in our clubhouse, we have two bowling lanes downstairs. Oh, that's cool. The clubhouse yeah. was built in 1914 mm-hmm. and they're, I don't know how old they are, but they're probably not too far after that. So just keeping those running, it's awesome. Oh, that is cool. Something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that. Yeah. I've never been in the backside of a bowling alley. I'll have to check that out next time I yeah, get up pretty, there. That's it. What's your favorite tool? I had a couple of favorite tools, but I'd have to say my favorite by far is my multimeter. And it just, it gives me peace of mind and just being able to test something and make sure that's the actual problem mm-hmm. you know, before I go out and spend whatever the cost is to order the part. You just start doing that stuff that you're no longer a mechanic. You just turn into a parts replacer at that point. And cost and money mm-hmm. and you could be spending that on something cool for your shop right oh no it's new grinders mm-hmm. what's your favorite test with a multimeter i'd have to say my favorite test is a voltage drop only because i thought we had it was once again back in the public course we had a year old Kubota mini excavator and it just wouldn't start wouldn't start and the problem I ran into is Kubota wasn't doing road service in our, our area. So they said, get it on a trailer. That wasn't an option. It's in the back of the driving range. Can't get anything back there. So I finally found a place who was doing road service. They'd come out to us. We had to pay for it and the parts were in their warranty, but they were 
four to six weeks booked out. So I'll figure this out myself. And I ended up doing a voltage drop test and it was a negative battery cable. Just something simple that you wouldn't think of on a brand new piece, almost brand new piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. So that right there just left a really good taste in my mouth and I'll never forget a voltage drop test from that one instance. Well, I may or may not have been leading you to say voltage drop because that is my favorite test too. I love a voltage drop test <laughs> and I think it's very underutilized test. I think mainly because a lot of people don't know about it. So let's talk about it right now. Explain how you do a voltage drop test. Oh, it's been a while. I got to refresh myself. And no rush, no pressure. We'll, we'll work through this together. If I remember correctly, I had a positive lead on one end of the cable, on one end of the negative battery cable. And then I had my other lead on the other end of the battery cable. And I was measuring voltage as I cranked. Mm -hmm. Is that yep. correct? Yep, that's correct. Yep. And that is one of the important parts about voltage drop is the circuit needs to be working. So if you have all the switches off and you're not trying to push any amps through that circuit, the voltage drop's not going to show up. So the circuit needs to be working is the key yep. to, to doing that test. Once again, it's not a test you do all the time, so you forget all about oh, it. Yeah, you, yeah, you, need, yeah. you need a refresher. And one of my favorite ones in the voltage drop is put one test lead on the battery post. And put the other test lead on the battery terminal and turn on the key switch or try to start the engine and see how much resistance you're getting there, which you should get zero. And it just shows up really quick and it's a cool visual for people learning how important that test is. I think it's a great, it's my go-to when I can't figure out, figure out a rough electrical issue. It's like, all right, let's bring this back out and see where I can get with this. Right. For sure. What do you do to relax or find your balance? Get away from people, whether it be just go out in the woods, go take the dogs for a walk, go for a hike. Uh, we can shoot up. We got some pretty good ATV, UTV trails, take the side by sides. Just get away from people. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Recently got into, uh, I bought a pellet smoker a year ago. Okay. Started doing that Sunday afternoon, just start something on it, sit back, relax, just something. It's not fast paced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slow life down is what it is. What's the strangest thing you've seen at work? So the strangest thing I've seen, we're smack dab in the middle of the city. So we've had some pretty strange stuff. Probably most of it I can't say on mm -hmm. here, but there's one employee who we all have him. He's been there 30 years, and every time I think I've seen the strangest thing, he just surprises me with something else new. Yeah, um, we all have those. Just a great guy. Besides that, last year, I'm heading into a meeting in the clubhouse, and the GM calls me, and he goes, hey, Nick, need you to head over to eight. We got some cows on the golf course. Being in the middle of the city, I figure there's no way to wait for cows. Uh -huh. So I drive on over there, and sure. Sure enough, we have cows just hanging out, eating the grass. So I start doing a quick Google search, try to find some farms in the area and couldn't find any. Uh, 
So there's a jail up the road. So I called them, see if they have an agricultural program, nothing. Turns out the cows walked about five miles. Wow. And, uh, they hung out, farmer showed up, couldn't get the cows. They ran into the woods, the send it up. It ended up being a five day process for him to get his cows back. <laughs> they just hung around the golf course for five days. Wow. Plenty of grass. in the woods when they were chased. It's that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. Must like dark grass better than theirs. But yeah, that's probably the weirdest thing on a golf course I've seen. The grass is always greener on the other side. The grass is greener on our side. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> and definitely true when it comes to golf course grass, it's probably going to be pretty green. That's it. What's one of your pet peeves around the shop? Oh, one of my pet peeves, probably my largest is at the end of the day, I should be able to walk over into our equipment storage area and all the equipment should be clean, fueled up and organized, ready to go for the next day. This, once again, this stems back to being at a public course where you just, you don't have the room to be able to get a uh, sidewinder out or a rough unit out without moving something. We're lucky enough to have a large enough facility where everything has a spot and you don't have to move four pieces to get something out. Just make sure things are prepared for the next day. That's probably my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. We got a lot of nice stuff and everything's expensive now. We just got to start taking care of it. We just got to pull for a fairway unit. They're over a hundred grand now for a fairway unit. So kills me to see grass sitting on those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I don't think a lot of employees understand is that's the club's investment. That's the club's money. That's basically the member's automobile sitting there at a private club, and you're going to take care of it that way. And I'll be the first to admit, back in the day, I used to keep my vehicles pretty nice, washing, you know, every other week or whatever. Now, I don't wash vehicles anymore, but the vehicles and the equipment at work is a lot cleaner than my car. Because it's not mine. But I think a lot of people look at it as not mine, so I don't want to take care of it. But changing that mindset is not easy. It isn't. And that's what we've had luck with putting dollar amounts to vehicles or mowers. So every time a kid starts, he gets the quick. Every time you go out in the morning, you're going out with a golf cart, a mower, a trailer. It's worth X amount of dollars. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can just see the look on their face, just like Rob Campbell said, and you show up to work in a $500 car and you go out with a hundred thousand dollar mower. Yeah. It's absolutely wild. They just need to hear it sometimes. That's all it is. A lot of these, nobody shows up to work and says, I want to mess this up. They'll yeah, show it's up not intentional. Pretty good. Pretty good attitude. Do you have a mentor in the industry? I think I have a lot of mentors in the industry, whether it be everyone in the WhatsApp group or mm-hmm. my own superintendent. I think he's a great mentor just to everything. But the largest one who sticks out to me is the first head mechanic who I worked for mm-hmm. at the international. He just, he took me in. I had a good knowledge of motors and how everything worked, but just the cutting units and mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. I just, he really mentored me into that, how to grind everything. And there's not a week goes by that I'm not doing something that he taught me. Yeah. yeah Her yeah. day goes by. It's interesting. The older you get looking back when you're doing whatever the task might be 
and say, ask yourself, where did I learn this? And see how far back That's you it. got. You got to think about it. That's it. I just, it's wild how much stuff I recall. And I heard a quote a few years ago when it was, the older I get, the smarter my father gets. Oh, that's a good one. That's true. It's crazy. The stuff I look back and where, like you said, where did I learn that? And it all just a lot stemmed from that. So. Yeah, no, I really like that quote. Yeah, that's a good one. I've said it before, not in all those words, but. I've thought about that a lot <laughs> because my dad's got yeah. a whole lot smarter the older I get. I said, yep. that old, yep. old man knew what he was talking about. When he told me when I was a kid that there's nothing you've done, you've tried, or you're going to do that I ain't already tried to do. And I think he's full of it. What is he talking about when I'm 18 yeah. years old or whatever? But he was right. He was right. That's it. What would be your dream job or opportunity? My dream job. I really enjoy where I'm at now. I enjoy what I do being in the greens and clubhouse and everything about that. I really enjoy it. The diversity I get throughout the day. Mm -hmm. The only thing I feel that I could do or that would make me change where I'm at my position is somewhere down south in the Carolinas, maybe, mm -hmm. um, somewhere with no snow. There you go. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it is. But no, I really enjoy where I'm at now. Uh, work for a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Got a good team behind us, so it's awesome. Well, a lot of times I think that is maybe more important than a lot of the other stuff is having people that you can surround yourself with that are like-minded, that have the same goals and ambitions. That just that makes life a whole lot easier. It does, and it makes going to work a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a person on our crew that nobody doesn't like we all get along good like brothers yeah yeah no that's, that's this is what we are we bust balls and everything so oh yeah yeah good, yeah. good setup. I, I found out all about that giving people a hard time and when i visited jr in long island that i, I couldn't believe i really thought they were going to make somebody cry they were giving them such a hard time and we do that plenty <laughs> in the south picking on people give them a hard time whatever but it was a different level of hard time up there in Long Island with those people. Now that's what makes the days go by fast. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Got to have you got to have fun. One, so I tell everyone if I pick on you, it's the way I show my love. Because if I don't like you, I'm not going to talk to you, and that's just the way I am. The way that I'm wired. When I'm not razzing you is when you got to yeah, worry about it. Yeah, that's right. One Jr. even told me the same thing. He said, if they're all in a room giving each other a hard time and somebody walks in and it gets quiet, that means nobody likes them. <laughs> so you got to watch yep, out. There you go. Read the room. Yeah, read the room. Don't want to be that person. Absolutely. What technician would you like to work with for a day? I think I'd really enjoy to work with uh, Bob Pernant, Bob Shop. Mm -hmm. Just some of the projects he gets himself into and he's always working on something, always bettering something yeah. whether it be easier for the crew or i think it's just a cool atmosphere he's always doing something awesome mm -hmm. and uh, when i first got into the industry the person i was working for he was really close to retirement so he wasn't going crazy on twitter or anything the younger generation of me got involved in that and poking around and bob shop was the first one i found and i just thought it was awesome mm -hmm. 
everything he's done. I think even so. before Twitter, his blog, a lot of technicians found. And it taught them how to do certain jobs or tasks or whatever. And how powerful is that? It's great what he's done for our industry. It's awesome. I think any, me personally, I just, I surf Twitter. I don't post. I'm not a big poster. Yeah. I'm not, I just on look. But just to have the willpower to create your own blog and do that, I think it's awesome for the industry. Everything he's done, everything you've done, everything GCSA has done, I think is awesome for all of us. Yeah, it's definitely came a long way in the last few years and it's got a long way to go but we got the snowball rolling downhill and we're going to keep pushing it i know that's it i know the real turtex community anyway and i want to thank all the listeners right now for being a part of what this is and making it what it is because obviously without the listeners and without the awesome guests we have on here I would just be talking into a microphone. The power is the listeners and the guests and everybody helping everybody out. And it's really been, I got an email today from a guy. He wants to get in the WhatsApp group. He's at a nine hole course, I think in Wyoming. And it's a private owner that built a nine hole course and they're maintaining it. And the only people play there is the owner and whoever he invites. Yeah, it's wild. But somehow he ran across the podcast and he sent me an email saying how much he loved it and how much it's helped him. And he wants to get in the WhatsApp group. So when we get off of here, I got to email him back the link to the WhatsApp group. It's great. It's amazing how far it's gone. Yeah, yeah. How many yeah. countries you're in and everything. So it's awesome. I don't, when I first started this, I thought, I want to try this. I think there's a need for it. And maybe I'll have 10 or 15 listeners. And when I first started, I was just going to do it every other uh, week. And then I put out three episodes and everybody's like, hey, just keep doing it every week, which is easy for them to say. <laughs> but we've been yeah. able, able to make do and it's, it's been great. I didn't mean to get sidetracked there. So what do you know now you wish you'd known on day one? First off, I wish I knew what a pie tape was. Ah, okay. Yeah. That would have been extremely helpful. When I started all, obviously I knew about coning and everything. So I picked up, I actually borrowed my mother's sewing tape measure mm -hmm. until she needed it back. And then I bought my own. So that's what I was using until I discovered a pie tape. But I wish I knew about that. And the other thing I really wish I knew about or understood was a hothead attitude doesn't really get you too far with most people. There's some of those employees that they'll just sit there and listen to it. And you can be that way with them, but 99% of people, it just doesn't get you far with them. So I wish I knew that a long time ago. It's not worth stressing over. There's, those are both really good. When and where did you learn about a pie type? Once again, I think that went back to Twitter, Okay, somewhere on Twitter. Probably about four, five, six years ago, mm -hmm. just scrolling through turf Twitter and it popped up. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I got to get a hold of one of those. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. So, how often are you pie taping reels? We're pie taping after we grind. Okay. I'm sure you've heard the nickname for Bernard's, the Conomatics. Oh, yeah. So, just to be cautious, it only takes a second why it's on the grinder still, just to double check. Make sure you did a good job I and mean, everything's not coned or. I wouldn't or anything. So yeah, yeah. why it's there, toss your pie tape on two seconds. 
we're good because it really sucks getting it back together and having to take it back off and regrind it. And, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. So what I've been doing is I actually check before and after. So I've, and I'm using a Foley. So the reason I check before is normally I'll have a little cone one way or another. I'm talking a few thousands max, hopefully no more than a few thousands. Then I know my setup is correct on the Foley because if I'm sparking on the side that's a thousandths bigger than the other side, that makes sense to me and I know my setup's good and I run with it. But if for some reason I got my setup off a little bit, I'm going to check it or catch it before I actually grind the reel and grind a cone in it. And then the reason for checking it after is just what you're doing. It makes you... Did I do it right or not? Is my reel where it needs to be? And then the other thing I think is keeping track of those reel diameters to say, okay, I'm going to need to replace this this winter. You know, this reel's getting to whatever your number is. Get ready for tips and tricks. You want to do some tips and tricks? We can do some tips and tricks. What I had was Mr. Patterson actually talked about it. How he, I think it was his fluid extractor, how he, he uses his fluid extractor to put a vacuum on the, um, hydraulic tank mm-hmm. when he's changing filters, if it's going to fall right out. So a few years ago, once again, turf Twitter, I just happened to actually, I don't think this was turf Twitter. I think it was construction side of Twitter or something okay. like that. The 54 tens, they have this huge hydraulic filter right behind the middle reel. So when you're changing that, all your hydraulic fluid comes flying out. It used to just be a quick grab the filter and get, make the mess. So now what I did is I just took our shop back. I take the, uh, filter right out of it and I just hover over the hydraulic tank with our shop back until I get enough vacuum on there for I'm not sucking fluid out. Okay. So I guess you could call that. It's the same effect he had. Um, but the everyday guys version, I think we all have shop backs in the shop. I've used it on that. I've used it on my Salsco rollers. Same thing. You change a hydraulic line. You don't lose all that. Just a more basic way that everyone can utilize that. Yeah, no, that's really good. So do you have any technique or suggestion on when you put the shop back, you say you just hover it over the fill cap? I'm just hovering. Yeah, I remove my fill cap, remove the dipstick, and hovering about halfway over the hole. And you can feel it. You can hear when you start sucking fluid, you're gone too far. Okay. But it's a shot back. Your filter's not right, in there. Right, right. It doesn't get used for anything crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's awesome. But then the other tip I had was I actually picked it up at a conference this winter was Google Drive. Oh, okay. I took a Google Drive class taught by yourself. Oh, really? Went, that was me. Back and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone in there. That's awesome. Um, and I went back, I implemented the QR code into the clubhouse for a maintenance request. Oh, okay. Cause we'd be walking through the hallway and they catch us and say, Hey, can you do this? And can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do mm-hmm. this? And it just, it all gets lost. Right. You could be walking downstairs. So it's simple now. They just walk up, they scan a QR code. I have three questions that I ask your name, what's your problem, and does it require immediate assistance? Mm-hmm. So it just logs it all and 
and then I just created a completed file. So at the end of the week, if you feel like, Hey, I didn't get anything done, we can go in, we can look at that and you really feel good about yourself and it helps keep you organized. That's awesome. That's so good. I love it. And I have, I have access to it. My head tech in the clubhouse has access to that. So there's no questions when there's some downtime, what can I have Kyle do? Oh, let's go to this. And it's all right there in the list and it's all stuff people want. We're going to be getting that implemented into the shop, but into the green shop, but not as you're not going to give the crew access to maintenance requests. I still like, like the interaction with people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really enjoy that. So I don't want to turn, uh, turn to 2022 in that department. No. And I get that. So we have it on all our equipment so they can scan right there on the equipment. And it's a good way of letting us know, but you're right. It does cut down on some of that interaction and some I've just recently sad to admit, but I've just recently been doing is when I see an operator come in with a piece of equipment, I've been asking them, everything okay? Everything work like it's supposed to? And trying to build some of that interaction back up. And it's usually, even if they had a problem, they're probably not going to tell you, but at least you're communicating with them. And hopefully, that's it. It's- over time, they're going to feel more comfortable if they do have an issue, they'll talk to you. That's it. Yeah. That's, it's tough with some of the older guys. They just different generations. And mm. It really takes a few years for you to build that relationship with them and for them to feel trusted. Yeah, for sure. Was that a wrap on tips and tricks? That's, That's a, a wrap. wrap. All right. That's all I got. This has been a great conversation. Thank you again for being here. Let's talk about the New England Turfgrass Conference and how you got involved with that, how I got invited up there, how that whole process worked. It's probably about four years ago now. I was in the class and at the end of our, we had two days of equipment manager training classes at the end of that. The gentleman who puts the whole show on got up and he said, it's two of us. We sit down and we don't, we're not mechanics. We don't know what you guys want to learn. So if anyone wants to go out and just chat over dinner and come up with ideas and all that, feel free to reach out. So I reached out and ever since then we go out, there's about, there's a group of four or five of us sometimes, and we go out, we have dinner, we just brainstorm some ideas and. Uh, a lot of the guys in the industry up here are, they're older. I'm one of the youngers, younger guys up here. I heard a few of the podcasts and I said, you know what? This guy Trent sounds pretty good. Let's maybe we can reach out to him get him up here, teach a couple classes and worked out real well. It was and, awesome. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for throwing my name in the hat and I didn't realize it or put the two to two. I didn't add that up until I got up there. And said, ah, I bet this was Nick that got me up here. So I want to thank you uh, officially. I think maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But thank you for having me up. We appreciate you coming. The, the time up there was, it was amazing. It was great. I don't know what all good words I can use to describe it. But two days of education, and it was all technician-based education. And not just myself. Mark Luffy was there. He's a brilliant guy. I really enjoyed all the things he did. That was really cool. And then I, I apologize because I don't remember the names of the 
people who are talking about lubrications and all that kind of stuff. That was a cool class. And then the trade show, and then Mark doing some hands-on stuff on the trade show floor with the camera set up. That was incredible, too. Yeah, it just gets better and better every year. I think y'all are very lucky, fortunate, blessed, whatever you want to call it, up there to have such a good group of people that come together and support the equipment manager. That's awesome. And it's good to have that support behind you and the the turnout at the show. It's just getting better and better every year for the mechanic sessions. Remember when I first started, it was real small. Well, you got 20 of us mm-hmm. in a ring. But yeah. when, so awesome. while we're talking about it, when you find out the dates, they're probably already up. But you remind me in December, and I'll help you promote it on the podcast. Awesome. Sounds good. Appreciate that. And I know it's it's a big expense to go to the national show and depending on how far away you are from Orlando or San Diego or wherever the show may be, it could be really expensive. But if you're in the Northeast, this is right in your backyard and it's, I don't know, it's probably a third of the national show. It's not as big. It's not as big a scale, but the education is just as good. That's what you would get at the national show. I was really impressed by that. Glad to hear it. For the people in the Southeast, the Carolinas puts on a really good show too. So there is regional stuff, at least on the East Coast. Honestly, I don't know if I'm disconnected from the West Coast or they're not really doing that much over there. I don't know what it is, but East Coast, good stuff going on over here. Yeah, that's a those are the three that I've heard of big shows is the Carolinas. I hear is awesome. GIS and New England. Cause that's where we're yeah, at. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's awesome. So if we have any listeners that's on the West coast and I'm putting my foot in my mouth, you tell me, send me an email and I'll gladly, is it redact? Isn't that what they say in the professional world? I'll redact this statement. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? I am. Let's do it. What's your favorite movie? Probably Dumb and Dumber. Big stupid humor fan. What would be your last meal? Uh, Rigatoni and meatballs. All right. Italian it is. What are you most proud of? Other than getting cliche with my family and uh, my wife and everything like that, I'm really proud of my crew at work for everything they've done in the last year. Okay. For my assistant mechanic coming in, knowing the basics to where he is now is just through the roof what he's learned. It's great. And uh, same thing with the clubhouse staff, how they've stepped up and just everyone. They've done a great job. How rewarding is it for you to see those people move up and on and to see them make progress? It's huge. It's huge to see that's. The first time I can remember the first time I left the shop and he was grinding a reel and I came back, he had it all together. It's just cotton beautiful. And he's just the smile on his face, how proud he was of himself. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt good for me to see somebody like that. So good. So good. Well, tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you. I am on Twitter. Like I said, I'm more of a lurker. I'm not really active, but I'm on there all the time. My Twitter handles. Bonasaro, my last name, underscore Nick. 
or I'm also on Facebook under my name, Nick Bonsara. Those are the two best ways. Thank you so much, Nick, for being on. This has been a blast, as it always is. And I told Gary that I'm coming back to New England next year, whether he invites me or not. Even if I got to pay, I'm, I'm getting up there. We'll be happy to have you. Yeah, no, it was such a great time. And not just you, but all the other people I met up there, Robert and Rob and definitely a handful of core guys that are really passionate about the industry. And we all want to just be better. And it was an amazing time. So thank you again. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I'll see you in the WhatsApp group. We'll see you there. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Nick. Shout out to Nick's grandma. How cool is that? Thank you, Nick's grandma, for getting him into our industry. He's a great asset for a lot of us. Besides relying on grandma to take care of the world, what can we do as mechanics to spread the word about our industry? It's going to take all of us to tackle this issue. So if you know a mechanic, an auto mechanic or a boat mechanic, motorcycle mechanic is not happy where they're at, hook them up. Because I've heard the story from so many people that started in another automotive or whatever, another technical industry that found a golf course by accident, like we all do, and how it's changed their life. That's the message for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for listening. And if you want to be a guest, please reach out to us. Hit us on Twitter. Send us an email. And check out our website. I'm pretty proud of it. I had a lot of help making it, and it turned out pretty good. Until next time, see you, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Techs podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Techs. See you, bye.